before we start this podcast, I wanted to give my deepest condolences to the family, friends, and loved ones of Kane Rodericks. Kane was a beloved member of the GSL family, having played with Margot and Mopsa, and I received many messages from Margot and Mopsa supporters asking for him to be mentioned and for his memory to live on through the, the other players and the rest of the GSL. Kane, you will be missed, and at this time I'd like to have a minute silence so that those that knew him can grieve. Thank you. Hey, this is Craig Dillstrom Media. This is DJ Kaya. This is Elliot D'Souza. Hey, this is Jason D'Souza from Aldona. Hey, this is Nash Lobo from Aldona. This is Pascal D'Souza from Calgary. Hey, this is Roland D'Almeida. Hey, this is Roland Mascarenas. Hey, guys, this is Ron Montero from Lopalin. Hi, this is Roy Fernandez from Donna Paula. This is Ryan D'Souza from Cuba. Hey, this is Steffi DeCruz. Hey, this is Tony Nazareth, and you are listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the GSL. The GSL. GSL. GSL Podcast. And you're listening to the GSL Podcast. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the GSL Podcast. My name is Wendell, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Keegan. Keegan, how's it going? I'm good, Wendell. Excited for the playoffs to begin. Yeah, this is always definitely the most exciting time of the season. We have a lot of games to get into here. And what we're going to try and do for the listeners is kind of paint a picture, a timeline, a narrative of what was going on game to game, week to week, kind of showing... Uh, which games mattered more than others, kind of what the scenario was for different teams, because a lot of different things changed over the final couple of weeks. So let's start off with heading into a Friday night game on August 24th, Aldena versus Kolba. This was a game that we discussed in the previous podcast. We were heading uh, into the game with two games left of our season, play Kolba and then we play Aguada, and we were desperately trying to snag that third place position if possible over Aguada. So this was a must-win uh, game for us. And even Colva, uh, at this point, they weren't sure if they were guaranteed to finish in sixth place. They wanted some momentum going into the playoffs, so you could tell that they wanted to win as well. So we both uh, went with a lot, uh, you know, a lot on the line. And the truth of the matter is, Colva just came to play more than we did. They deservedly won three to one with goals from Dwayne Francis with two and Jeremy Pinto with one. Uh, goal scorer for Aldana was Ian D'Souza. Um, and basically the story of this game was a, a tale of two halves, Keegan. We had Colva show up, and just right from the beginning, I, I got the vibe from them. They really wanted to come out strong, kind of take it to us and uh, inflict their physicality. Uh, I found they were using their leadership really well. They kind of stacked their middle with more of their veteran players, Ryan Santiago, Oscar, and then were having their youth on the wings. You know, they had Noah Van Dreen playing the left wing, just 
blazing pace, really doing a lot of through balls and long balls to him. And uh, it led to a lot of counterattack goals, a lot of good chances for them. And, you know, at halftime, they were already up 3 nothing. So it was a tall order for us to come back. We, we, we tried our best in the second half. I think a lot of people would argue that the second half we were playing much, much better. Um, we actually managed to get a goal just before halftime, so it was 3-1. But we, we were dominating possession. We were in their half for a lot of it. And the way I look at this, I'm interested to get your thought is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, maybe they parked the bus. Um, which I would say, yeah, you know, in the second half, they didn't really have a lot of offense. They were mostly focusing on defending. But at the same time, they kept the score at 3-1. We didn't have any super clear-cut chances to score. We had a lot of possession with not a lot of final result. Poor finishing from our team in general. And Colva held on for a amazing 3-1 win as far as they're concerned. So, Keegan, when it comes to you, obviously, you know, playing for Lotulam, you play against a lot of teams that parked the bus against you guys. Would you agree with my statement that Although parking the bus is not the most attractive football, it's also extremely difficult to pull off successfully. Probably, uh, because you know parking the bus is one thing, but you still have to have people in the right areas to prevent through balls from going uh, through, or even uh, you know for direct ball over the top. So all it takes is just one person to fall asleep, and then you know someone can get behind the defense and score. So in theory, it's very simple. Just say you know have eight, nine, ten players in front of the ball. But against a good passing team or a couple of players that have, you know, good vision, uh, it, it's not always easy to pull off. Yeah, definitely. So um, credit to them. Um, my overall message would be a great game by them and a really disappointing result. We really wanted to get that victory so that our fate would be in our own hands. Leading up to the Sunday game we had against Aguada at 10.30 a.m. Uh, it was rescheduled uh, thanks to Aguada for doing that as a, a special favor to our team to maximize the number of people that could attend. But unfortunately for Aguada, it was just one of those weeks where they were missing a lot of people. There's no judgment you can take on their team from this game because they started off the game with, I believe, eight or nine players. Um, and then by halftime, they had just enough players. And then by the end of the game, maybe one sub. But um, really not much to get into this game because it was just kind of one-way traffic, just mostly based on the fact that they were so, so shorthanded. Uh, they couldn't cover enough ground. We had people wide open all the time. So a very comfortable win, 5-1 to one for Aldana. Uh, goal scorers in this match, we had Steven Fernandez for Aguada getting one goal later on in the game. Uh, Ethan Fernandez with two goals, Raymond Fernandez with one goal, and AJ Pacheco with two goals. Um, of note, a couple of the Fernandez goals were, were real stunners, especially one by Ethan uh, where he got it near the top of the box and put it top left corner. So... Um, some nice goals scored by us for sure. Uh, I would argue, you know, even with them shorthanded, they still had some talented players there, and you want to make sure you take care of business. And at the time, we didn't really realize it, but the manner of which we won and the amount of goals we scored would actually come back to play in our favor greatly. So it's kind of a message where, you know, if you're in a tight race, goal difference does matter. We'll go into that later on, but um, definitely not really a game to, to gain much out of, um, simply based on the fact that Aguada was missing a lot of their people. Um, I'm not sure if you managed to see them last weekend, uh, Keegan, if you saw if Aguada had more of their full lineup or not. But Because uh, as, as we both know, they're a very dangerous team when they have a full lineup and they're healthy. But it seems like near the end of the season, they've been having less and less players. I'm not sure if that's something you've noticed as well. I did actually get a glimpse of their lineup last week against Margo. Uh, they didn't have their full team. I think like Steven Lester and a couple of the guys from the midfield were missing, but Cruyff and they, they had more than 11 to start the game or at least 11, so they weren't short like how they were against you guys. Uh, but spoiler alert, I guess that wasn't enough you know, against a strong Margo team. Yeah, exactly. Massive spoiler alerts. 
but we won't talk about that anymore. Let's jump into the other game. And, you know, we had hyped this game up a lot. Lothlum versus Margau. This could have been a battle for first place. Uh, for you guys, I think at the time of this game, I think a tie was enough to clinch first place and a win for sure. You were first and get that uh, crucial bye in the quarterfinals. Margau looking to dominate their, uh, themselves over, you know, a fierce rival and maybe try and steal that first place by. Uh, unfortunately, this ended in a disappointing 1-1 draw, which I don't think really suited either team too well. Uh, goal scorer for Lotum was Craig Raj, and goal scorer for Margo was another, none other than Dwayne Lobo Perez again. So, Keegan, give us the rundown of this game. What happened, and how did this end up in a tie? Uh, yeah, like at that, uh, the game, the result at that time, we thought a tie would be good for us. And uh, actually, at that time, we win the league with a loss but then a score from one of the previous games changed that I'd like to come to a little bit later uh, that really needed us to either tie or win this game uh, the game as a whole we started off uh, we started off okay but we didn't have a lot of subs and, and Margot kept rotating their players consistently so they were able to press us and we weren't able to pass the ball out of the back so we pretty much just sat back and were just countering whenever we had the chance and we were able to, on a quick counterattack, we got a foul, and then through a set piece, uh, Craig was able to get a great header to give us the lead. Uh, but even after that, we weren't really able to dominate the game like we normally do. Uh, Marga had, I'd say, at least 65%, maybe even more possession. Uh, but we, you know, we were compact in defense, and we kind of parked the bus, like you mentioned. Uh, we were able to defend well for the most part, but I got to give credit to Duane because he scored an absolutely amazing goal. Uh, I'll try to paint a picture of his goal. It was uh, from roughly around the penalty spot, but he was actually moving towards his own net, and he uh, flicked it backwards, and Jaden was not able to stop it. Like a back so heel it, flick? No, it, it was a header. So like oh, the ball wow. came from the midfield, and he flicked it like from the penalty spot, moving away from, from target, and, and it was an unbelievable header. It was a great goal, and you're definitely worthy of the tie. Yeah, that's incredibly difficult to do. Moving... Uh, headers are the easiest header obviously is straight on in momentum straight forward um, in stride but definitely I'd say the two hardest headers to pull off are the one where uh, you're flicking it uh, against the direction it's coming because it requires such a gentle touch just to direct it and then I think the hardest one you could probably have is going away from the net because the power you have to require and the accuracy to flick it back towards the net is incredibly difficult so uh, very very impressive goal there and uh, worthy of the of the one one tie um, Absolutely. And, and just to clarify my previous statement, I, I told you, because at that point we thought we had a, a four-point lead, sorry, a four-point lead uh, against Margo, but it turns out that one of the games that you guys played against them was vacated due to some ineligibility. Uh, and I know your team was not too happy about that, uh, and Margo was uh, awarded the win in the first game of the season. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on that whole situation and uh, the email that you guys sent to the league. Yeah, so for sure. So basically, I was going to come to after, after this week, kind of paint the picture of where we were at. But just to get into it now, then at at this point, the first game between Margaret and Alden is a 2-2 tie. And this actually had huge ramifications that we didn't really realize going in, but it kind of shaped the last two weeks in a really, really significant manner. The first way is that I didn't really realize this, but we could actually afford to lose to Colva as long as we beat Aguada because that would put us one point ahead of them into their last game. They would, they would have a game up on us, and it wouldn't be in our hands, but we'd still be a point ahead of them, and we'd be in third place. 
and then they would play Margot in the last game of the season. Therefore, if they lose, boom, we're third place, no issue. So from our point of view, going into that game against Aguada, our mentality was as long as we win, there's a really good chance we'll finish third. From your point of view, as you said, that you had a four-point lead, so you think uh, a tie will clinch it. Even a loss will clinch it because you're already four points ahead, <laughs> and you don't really need the victory. So it kind of shaped the way you went in. After this weekend was done, um, there was a meeting held uh, regarding a number of topics that I think is between kind of the, the team executives and, and the league. Uh, but the main issue that we're talking about here is I wasn't at the meeting, but I've heard that, I don't know, a, t a team or some representatives brought up the fact that the first game of the season should be reversed. There was a decision made to keep it as a tie. All these issues were brought up earlier in the year. And the decision was made uh, to fine our team $150 and keep the match result a tie. Um, then this was brought up again, you know, a couple months later at this meeting. And the decision was changed or it was, it was reversed. I don't know exactly what happened here. But it ended up switching the result of the first game to a 2 nothing forfeit. So you can imagine a lot of parties were affected by this and a lot of parties were upset. You guys were upset because all of a sudden now you haven't clinched first place and Margot can actually beat you uh, win in the last week if you guys lose and they finish first. So that was a, an adverse effect for you guys. For us, we dropped out of third place based on that switch. Uh, I'm sure Margot was happy because now they had a chance at first place. And, uh, you know, it's just for me, it was very strange to go back months later to change an initial game so late in the season with only a couple of games left. That was kind of the way I saw it and the way I approached it. What were your thoughts about this issue? Yeah, I was actually at the meeting when, you know, a couple of grievances uh, from your team were aired um, through an email. Unfortunately, the representatives there were not, uh, you know, informed of the entire situation. So there was a bit of conflicting information between what the league said and what the email that your team sent to the league. So we weren't able to, uh, you know, kind of verify a lot of those details. But in terms of this decision, I can't remember what the exact reasoning was, but there were some good points made in terms of why it should be, the the, the result should be reversed. Uh, and there was a vote taken, and, and uh, I guess the prevailing vote was to change the score and award Marga with the win. Yeah, so... Um... Very, very, I, I, you know, I can't remember something like this happening in, in the long time I've been in the league. But as I said, there was a meeting. I wasn't there. So I can't really go into too much detail about it. Uh, I don't want to, you know, over speculate or things like that. But it's just, it points to the fact that this had major ramifications and is really not something that should have been addressed this late in the season. This game was played in the first week of the season. There was no reason to leave the decision until the last week of the season. And it changed absolutely everything as far as the playoff situation was concerned. Um, just to finish up with the last game of that day, we had Bogmalo playing Kolva. Um, not too much on the line uh, in this game. Bogmalo and Kolva were still relatively close in points. But because Bogmalo was playing Lotlum in the last game of the season, we think Lotlum's going to win. Kolva was pretty safe uh, where they were at. Um, and in the end, it played out to a draw 1-1. Goal scorer for Bogmalo, Wilbur de Cruz, and goal scorer for Colva Football Club, Johnny Van Dreen. So I wanted to touch a bit on Johnny Van Dreen and the season he's having this year, having seen him play against other teams and also played against him myself. My opinion is that he's still just as talented. He's still, I, I believe, one of the most talented players in the league and probably will be one of the top five players going forward. But I find he's not as dominant as he used to be. Um... I found that he used to really just take over a game, 
generate amazing chances, score ridiculous goals, pull crazy moves, just really be involved in the game and take over. Whereas now I find he's more of a, a passive player where when he's on the ball, when he's involved, he's still amazing, but he's not really exerting himself and really taking over the game as much as he used to, especially two seasons ago when he had such a phenomenal breakthrough season. Uh, how about you, Keegan? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, but that's also partly because, you know, now everyone knows who he is and there's always people, you know, that have an eye on him and have one guy kind of guarding him. Um, like that normally tends to happen with most people once they have a good season, then the other teams know that they got to watch out for him and, you know, everyone's extra sharp defensively around him or when he has the ball it, or tries as much as possible to prevent him from getting the ball. So, you know, he'll have to figure that out and work a little bit harder to, to get open. And his team's got to do a better job of getting him the ball quickly too, because he'll, he'll be open for a lot less time, like almost a split second versus, uh, you know, earlier when no one knew who he was. So they got to just learn to move the ball quicker and try to get it to him as quickly as possible so he can influence the games as much as possible. Yeah, no, I definitely hear you. Even, even from our, our standpoint, like when we play Kova, we know someone always has to be around him. Someone always has to be marking him. It's really a testament to players that are able to dominate over an extended period of time. That's why I never look at one season and say, you know, a player all of a sudden is, you know, one of the best in the league or someone that, you know, should really, really be ranked high. You have to look at players that have dominated over a number of years, despite everyone knowing how good they are. So you're looking at people like Cruyff, you're looking at people like Neil. Uh, these are players that have been in the league for, you know, over 10 years and yet still dominate and take over games, even though people actually sometimes plan their entire game plan around them you know when it comes to Cry, for example on guada we often look at which which position is Cry playing in this game is he playing center defense so we don't have to worry about him on offense just kind of make sure he's pressured so he doesn't feed the play going forward is he playing center mid and we have to mark man mark him at all times so that he's not controlling the other game the, the whole game sorry or is he playing offense where we really have to make sure you know our best defender jason's on him so he's not getting any uh, through balls or any goal scoring chances because he can score a lot of goals so you know, players like that, they're still good, but you're planning your entire game plan around them. So for Johnny Van Drien, I think it's something that him and Cole are going to have to work on where they have to find a way to get him involved and to the point where he's running the show. Uh, very similar to how Ron for decades uh, runs the sh uh, has ran the show for Lotalem, uh, often from the center mid. I think that's something that he needs to work on and something he can do going forward. Yeah, absolutely, because I was going to just add Ron and as well as Dwayne to that list. I think both of them have been great players for quite a while now. Yeah, Ron, Ron is, is no doubt. probably. I'd say Ron's probably the player in the history of the GSL that has played at the highest level for the longest period of time. The only other player that would come to mind would be Darren Fernandez, uh, who also played at like peak level for an extremely long time. Um, there's certain players in the league right now that have been good for many, many years. But we're thinking like five, six years, whereas, you know, when it came to Darren and Ron, you're thinking of 10, 15 years of dominance, which is just absolutely insane to think about. Um, so definitely, definitely agree with those additions. And Dwayne, Dwayne has always been amazing. But this year, somehow his goal scoring has just taken off, which is he's some, it's something he's always had, but never to this level. And uh, we'll get into that more when we get to, you know, the goal scoring awards and things like that in a different episode when we run through all the awards and our nominees and things like that. So uh, that ended the August 26th weekend. As we said, after this, there was this controversial uh, decision that was made, which changed the table completely. So going into the last weekend of the season, we had Lotalem sitting two points ahead of Margao. Um, 
So when it came to that, we had you guys playing Bugmalo and Margot playing Aguada. So the only result that would hurt you would be if Lotalum lost and Margot won, they would finish ahead of you and you'd be second place, which would have been honestly like the shock of the season if Bugmalo could upset you. That would probably be the biggest upset of the entire year. And yeah, then, just to add to that, I think a tie, if we tied Bugmalo, there was a chance we could still not make first place because I think it would come down to goal difference then and, and I think they have a slightly higher goal difference than us. Yeah, no, I was going to say, even if they, even if, even if they, uh, if they won and you tied and you guys tied, the mental math, I was trying to figure it out going in, was going to be crazy because just, just to lay this out because this is important, it's going to come into the third, fourth place matchup too. In the Constitution, it says to determine a um, the, the, the final standings if two teams tie. The first thing you look at is the winner between the two teams, so the head-to-head -head matchup, which in your case, you guys actually tied both your games. So that yep. would not determine anything. Then you move on to the overall goal difference of each team. And as you said, because Margot had uh, like you know an 11-0 win over Donna Paula, a 5 or 6 nothing win, uh, they had a ton of goals forward, so they may have beat you on that. Let's say two teams were tied on that. The next level is uh, who has more total wins uh, for the season. Um, and those are the only three criteria. So this was actually something I was going to point out, was that there are many, many gaps in the Constitution on the website. Many scenarios that, although some of them are far-fetched, they can have drastic implications. So I think it's going to be incumbent on the league, uh, the team managers, and the executive to relook at the whole Constitution. There are so many gaps in it, so many inconsistencies, so many vague kind of statements that don't really make sense that really need to be resolved on the website it's posted since 2013 it hasn't been updated so i think that's definitely something that will have to be looked at next season but one of them is you know after those three criteria if you don't have a clear person to go ahead it doesn't say what's supposed to happen so i don't know would there be a meeting schedule would be a flip of a coin they really need to set out you know multiple scenarios to how to position which team i think you'll agree in, in FIFA and most logical things after um, points and then head-to-head -head and then goal difference um, usually goes to, uh, you could say total wins, sure. I'm not really sure where that came from. But then it would come to, you know, total goals for, then total goals against. Then you could get into things like fair play, like fewer yellow cards, fewer red cards, things like that. You kind of have to list, like, as many things as you can so that at least you have something ironclad in writing to determine who would finish where because it could have been crucial for you guys uh is this something you agree with that you think they should be looked at uh yeah i mean with the constitution you know it everything that's added in the constitution is not by the committee it's actually by the teams that vote on stuff and usually when we get to a difficult situation then it gets voted on and, and kind of put in place in the constitution it's hard to preemptively think of everything but this is a good point and maybe something that should be brought up uh, can be brought up to the next meeting where we can look to add some more tiebreak scenarios. Yeah, for sure. No, what I meant by the committee is the committee who runs the meeting, but they'd bring it up as an issue and all the team managers would figure it out together. Not necessarily that they have to rewrite the entire thing themselves. Uh, but luckily for you guys, this wasn't an issue at all. You guys came into the game and won very comfortably. Nine to nothing listed on the website with goals uh, yourself with one goal. We'll have to uh, hear from you how you scored that. Dane Don Millen with one, Aaron Atwell with one. Kyle Machado again with one. The guy's a scoring machine at this point. And Craig Raj with five. Yes, you heard that right, five goals. 
Um, so Keegan, give us a summary of this game, and also, uh, you know, don't be shy. Give it, give us a shout out uh, to your goal and, and how you scored. Uh, sure. Just a quick summary of the game. I mean, like coming into the game, we knew that we had to get a win. So we were, you know, focused on that task. We actually only started the game with 10 players because we were short too, but that was only for maybe about five, five minutes or so. Uh, and then we had a sub or two. Um, and then, you know, we were able to pass the ball. The weather was really nice too. It was a cool day. I don't know if you were down for the games this Sunday. Uh, it was it, it wasn't as hot as it usually is, so you know fatigue wasn't a factor. We were able to pass the ball, and we got a couple of easy goals. And you know after that, we were just trying to get uh, set up Craig for as many goals as possible to get him that scoring title. Yeah, no, some definitely some goal inflation going on here in the last game. This has been uh, rampant amongst many teams uh, near the end of the season trying to fight for that title. But hey, you know do what you got to do. These awards are there to be won, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so a comfortable uh, win overall for you guys. Disappointing result for Bogmalo heading into the playoffs. Their position in the table was uh, was secure uh, no matter uh, what happened in this game. However, they want to have a stronger showing going to a quarterfinal matchup. Uh, and that leads us to Aguada versus Margao. So, you know, we've already gone into kind of this tie-breaking nightmare scenario already and the, and the reverse decision. But based on what was happening, at this point, Margao, they knew you guys had won, so they knew they couldn't win the title. So it was more just about pride and maybe trying to win the goal-scoring title themselves uh, with both Dwayne and Gregory in the mix. And for Aguada, they knew that they could afford to lose this game now since our point was stripped from us. They could lose or they could tie. If they win, they were going to finish third. No no doubt about that. If they tied the game, they were going to finish third. If they lost the game one nothing, they would finish third. Um, if they lost the game two nothing, we get into like a nightmare tiebreak scenario that I was talking about before. So basically, they just they could lose, but just not by much. But thank God for us, Margao comes through and wins five nothing. Uh, goal scorers were Dwayne Lobo Perez with two more goals, Bradley Perez with one goal, and Gregory D'Souza with two goals. So the usual suspects here, Dwayne and Gregory forming the one-two punch of the season, scoring an incredible amount of goals between the two of them, and. Uh, this uh, blowout led to Aguada having a worse goal differential and dropping down to fourth place. So huge, huge ramifications of this game. Aguada will definitely be disappointed. and But from Margao's point of view, uh, a comfortable win. And I think they were maybe trying to get Dwayne that scoring title as well. Is this, is this what you noticed uh, from your point of view? Uh, probably. I'm, I'm assuming this. I wasn't really watching their game too closely. Uh, but I, I feel like that's natural. You know, he worked hard throughout the season. I'm sure they did everything they could to get him as many chances. Yeah, definitely. So uh, good result for them, disappointing for Aguada. Uh, however, they did not have their full roster. And I I still think for them, as long as they bring everyone back for the, for the playoffs, they're still going to be heavy contenders and uh, definitely favorites to go all the way. Uh, bring us to the last game of the regular season. We had Donna Paula versus Colva. Um, this one didn't have much on the line, more of a, you know, for pride's sake. And Donna Paula maybe trying to get their first victory of the season. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, final score, Colva 2, Donna Paula 1. Goal scorers for Colva were Jeremy Pinto and Nikhil Cadbet. And goal score for Donna Paula was Craig Lobo. To be honest with you, uh, neither of us were able to watch this game. And uh, we didn't have anyone really messaging, saying too much. I think this kind of was a game that didn't really matter. For either team so neither really took it too seriously um, but it was their last game before the playoffs they do want to go in on a high so that is a positive note for Colva I'm not sure if you have anything else to add Keegan before we jump into the playoff preview 
No, I think you're right. It's just about getting some momentum. It will be rough for Culver to go in to the playoffs with two ties against Bogmala and then Donna Paula in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree with you. Um, so now we look ahead with some match previews to the quarterfinals. Uh, what we have this Sunday on September 16th at Centennial. I know a lot of listeners uh, mark their calendars for the for the playoffs. This is where the real drama begins. This is where you know sometimes there's some absolutely phenomenal games. And I think we're going to have one or two here. First up, let's start off with what I think is the best match of the weekend. We have Aguada at number four versus Colva at number five. And before I get your thoughts, Keegan, what what I think about going to this game is if Aguada has their entire you know team back and they play to the level that they're capable of, I think this game's already over. If Colva, you know, even if they have their entire team, but they don't step up and, and have a good performance, I think this game's over. However, I think there might be this magical mix that's going to happen this weekend where Aguada will have a good amount of people, but not everyone, and Colva might come out blazing like they did against us, and we didn't know how to handle them. And we could have an upset on our hands here if Colva is able to take out Aguada. Do you think this is possible, and how do you see this game going? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, if Colva has their full team and everyone's healthy, uh, there definitely is a, a chance for an upset. But that being said, if, if Aguada has their full team, like they're really tough to play against because they can really hold on to the ball and create a ton of chances during the game. Yeah, so I think we both agree. A lot will depend on how the teams perform and, and which rosters they'll be able to put forward. I know that usually um, Johnny Van Dreen sometimes has to play at school and things like that, so I'm not sure if he'll be here for this game. I really hope he is because that's someone that they definitely need. Um, his brother Noah, Noah Van Dreen has also been playing very well and can pick up some of the slack, but Johnny's that central midfield that really kind of dictates the tempo, as we've talked about, so they'll be heavily dependent on him. For Guada, a lot depends on who they're able to fill, field in their midfield. Sometimes they have a trio of Ian Fernandez, Casey DeMello, and Andre Pinto, which might be the best... Uh, trio in the league in the center midfield position but other times they're missing some players and they have to shift other players around so we'll be interesting to see what Aguada is able to put forward also I know Aguada their goalie has been injured for quite a while we talked about that on a previous podcast uh, Andrew D'Souza and they were hoping to have him back for the playoffs so I'm not sure if he'll be back but that's a big big deal for them as he's one of the I, best goalies I think I saw him play last week so I think he'll be back uh, for the playoffs perfect wow so he was back last week, but obviously a little bit rusty if he let in five goals. Um, but we still have him for the playoffs because that injury was lingering, and I know they definitely wanted him back. So that, that's a big boost to their team right there. Um, so for the playoffs, we have to make predictions. Um, as much as my gut's telling me there could be some crazy upset in here, I've I've always believed in Colva in the playoffs in previous years to pull off some like crazy upset, and I find they always come and they disappoint me. So I, I am going to have to go with the Guada on this one. I think it's going to be a tight game, 2-1 for Aguada. How about you, Keegan? Uh, yeah, I'd have to go Aguada, too. I think I'll go 3-1 Aguada. 3-1 Aguada. Okay, let's move on to the next game. Also at 10.30 a.m., we have number three, Aldana versus number six, Bugmalo. Um, this is a game for for us where I, I feel like we definitely go in as favorites, finishing third place uh, over a Bugmalo team that's been very inconsistent this year. They've had some games where they've been blown out like last week, 9-0. They've had other games where they've had massive upsets, beating Aguada 3-1. My overall approach to this game, and I think our team's approach would be um, cautious optimism, I think is the best way to describe it, where we're optimistic about our chances, but we don't want to take anything for granted, and we know how dangerous and slippery Bugmalo can be. 
Um, so that would be my approach to this game, trying to neutralize their very talented players and then uh, and then use our offense to take over. How about you, Keegan? How do you see this game going? I think similar to Aguada and Kova, is going to depend on who uh, shows up for Brugmalo. If you have uh, Elton and um, Cam and everyone that's playing, it'll, it'll be a lot tougher game. But uh, either ways, I think I would I would favor you guys to win this game. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the three versus six matchup is usually pretty interesting. Sometimes uh, it's, it's a lot closer game than you'd imagine. Um, but uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to progress to the semifinals as we have done for a number of years now. Uh, moving on, the last game, 12-15. It's, I, I find it unfortunate that this is a 12-15 game uh, because it would have been nice if we had the two 10-30 a.m. games and then everyone could kind of stick around and watch the 12-15 game. Uh, we have number two, Marga versus number seven, Donna Paula. Um, unfortunately, you know, I've always said Aldana finishing seventh in 2007 and beating old Goa, the team that was formed literally by taking the best players on each team and forming a new team, losing in penalty shots to Aldana missing five of our stars. I was in Greece somewhere. I still consider that the greatest upset in the history of the league. And it's not even based on the fact that, you know, it was my team. I wasn't even there myself to participate. But I think if Donna Paula were to win against Margao in this quarterfinal game, I'm I would officially give the title of the greatest upset in the history of the GSL to Donna Paula. However, I unfortunately don't think that's going to happen. I think Margao will win comfortably. Uh, what about you, Keegan? Yeah, that, that would definitely be the greatest upset of all time. Uh, I don't see it happening. Like Margao is too strong and too talented. They'll win like 4 or 5 nothing. 4 or 5 nothing. yeah. I'll say I'm optimistic for Donna Paula to put up a competitive game because it's a quarterfinal, but I do think they will be overmatched. I'll go 3 nothing, Margao. I guess we didn't give scores for the Aldenburg-Mala game. I think it's going to be a tight affair, but I think if we can get some goals going, it'll open up a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Aldona 3, Bugmalo 1. I'll go 2 nothing, Aldona. Okay, perfect. So uh, that wraps up our playoff preview for the quarterfinals. Uh, overall, I think it's going to be a good playoffs. The way it's lined up, the best part about this is what we talked about last time, which is that because Aguada finished fourth and you guys finished first, at best, you guys would meet in the semis, which means we are guaranteed to have a new team in the finals this year, no matter what. It means that we won't have to deal with the Lothalim versus Aguada show for the fourth <laughs> year in a row. Um, so uh, very happy about that. Uh, I think if both of you guys win your quarterfinals, that's going to be an absolute uh, banger of a, of a semifinal. It'll be very interesting to watch, but... Uh, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's still plenty of games to play, and all teams are going to be fighting hard. Uh, Keegan, any last things to add before we sign off this episode? Uh, no, just looking forward to the games on, on Sunday and then catching some good action. Exactly. So I'll be seeing you there. Uh, we're all looking forward. Hopefully our listeners can come watch. Come say hi to us if you're at the game. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, feel free to send us your predictions or what you think is going to happen in the semifinals. Uh, we won't be back next week. We'll be back the week after to recap the semis and what went down. Uh, so we'll look forward to you guys there. Hope to see you guys at the playoff weekend. For Keegan and I, my name is Wendell. We're signing off here. And make sure you turn in a couple weeks for a brand new episode.